Welcome back, everybody. I've got Lisa Lynn and Tara Kennedy back to talk about the final two episodes of season one of Leverage. And I'm, I cannot believe we made it this far. I personally can't believe I've made it this far and like have committed to this project for this long. And I'm super impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about both episodes. They're both directed by Dean Devlin. And the writers, co-creators, co-executive producers were Chris Downey and John Rogers. So they they each like wrote one episode, co-wrote them together. They aired February 17th and 24th of 2009. And they weren't sure they were going to get a second season. So they wanted to end the, the first season by just like wrapping everything up. You know, so there wasn't like a big cliffhanger, which is what they said. And I don't know if I agree with them that there's not a cliffhanger, but they actually filmed both episodes in one big block so they filmed it like a movie so it's very fitting that we're talking about both of them at once i, I think like john has said multiple times in kung fu monkey his blog like he did you never he was like you never know if the network's gonna pick it up or not so at the end of every season we're gonna treat it as our final season and we're gonna give it an ending where i felt like it would be a satisfying ending at if it were to be the final episode but if we were blessed to have another season great but yeah for something went wrong like it would still feel like we had a beginning we had it, everything felt still kind of wrapped up somewhere. yeah and i yeah it does but it does also like leave it open in like a heart-wrenching way but um we'll get to that i want to know if everyone cried um so uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, the team what in their- What are you talking about? I told you I have a black car of ice. Why would you ask if I- <laughs> Oh, that's true. I'm sorry. I should not have even thought <laughs> to ask. <laughs> so at the beginning of the episode, the team in their infinite was wisdom decide that what Nate really needs to get over his alcoholism is revenge. Revenge on the man who denied coverage that would have paid for treatment for, that could have saved his son's life, which is definitely a healthy- way of coping with trauma yeah and yeah that's that's how everyone gets over alcoholism um, and <laughs> like seriously an intervention and then sophie's no and then the guys were like no you don't need an intervention you don't need rehab you need revenge and then he was like okay now you're talking my language okay oh yeah and he's like his yeah okay well we'll get to that in a second so but it the whole episode starts, though, with Nate showing up at this, like, fancy museum shindig. He's, like, stumbling drunk. He has to pause for a moment and, like, do some heavy breathing so he doesn't throw up. And then he headbutts a security guard and pulls a gun on Ian Blackpool, who's the president or CEO or whatever of IYS. And he's like, you're going to kill me, Nate? He, who was also on an episode of West Wing, by the way, Kevin Peek, he what? was like... He was in a season three episode. He played some senator from Indiana or something. I, I hate that actor. He's so good at being like despicable. He's, yeah, yeah. And um, in the commentary they say, and I'm glad that they said that they did it on purpose because I picked up on it, but even though I think it's pretty subtle, like his character is like playing like he has a crush on another character that we'll get to in a minute. And I don't want to talk about that character just yet because I wanted to like come up naturally in the show okay so um he tells he tells Blackpool that he wants to sell him something and it's um uh it's the second David so then we get Sophie she's playing Portia Del Duccio 
who's from the Vatican, um, uh, working with Blackpool. And actually, Del Duccio was the name of the original sculptor who was hired to create the uh, David. Sick. Yeah, and he was unsuccessful, so Michelangelo came on to, to fix it and finish. That was, it's like a little nod to the original. Um, and then that's when we get our flashback to Nate being confronted by the team. From what? a story structure perspective, like, there was a lot of tie-ins to the Nigerian job. And then like the, it kind of mirrors the beginning of the second David, like in a way, you know, mm -hmm. so a lot of symmetry there. So yeah. like, um, obviously it was on purpose. I just thought it was an like, interesting way to set up both episodes and have a bookend each other. And, you know, so I just thought that was something interesting, like, you know. He pulls a gun on Ian, and then in the second we won't go into it. There's mm -hmm. something that, it, and then at the end, you know, yeah. And then the end, first episode, first David job, like kind of mirrors what happens at the end. We won't go into it quite yet. Yeah, so this is just like symmetry, which, and you know, yeah, which also mirrors stuff that happens in the Nigerian job. There's very similar shots, which I love. Like, um, you know, and because they treat each season like it's going to be the last one. But I think that they also very consciously create things in each episode so they like fit together. Whereas like other long running shows that kind of have fantastical plots, they're just like, oh yeah, we're just pantsing it the whole time. Like we had no idea, like Lost. They're like, oh yeah, now there's a smoke monster. Now there's a blah, blah, blah. And Which he can walk now. And but and to piss all the Lost fans off, if I recall correctly, because yeah. now it doesn't making no sense. Like yeah, because the like, whole time you spend like going, okay, so the symbolism of this is this, and this means that and that, and they're like, nah, we're just for making it up. So we went along. Suspension of disbelief. You snapped my suspension of disbelief. Like yeah. I was with you, but then you lost me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like the attention to detail, and they, they feel like they do things with care, and they love just putting. I think it's because they love putting in those little Easter eggs and being smart. And it makes sense probably because I think Dean tends to do the premieres and the finales of each season, so it makes sense that he did the he did the part he did the Nigerian, so it makes sense that he probably did both parts. So that again helps with the callbacks and the mirroring and, mm -hmm. and the symmetry of it all. So yeah, and he came up with a lot of like the signature looks of like how how things were directed with the the three sixty panning shots of the group and like the above shots of them when they're standing together. That's, yeah, that's really true. So, um, I I do love when they're having the, the intervention and Sophie says, you don't need rehab, Nate. Um, and then it's Elliot, because it has to be Elliot and his like gruff, like growl. And he's like, you need revenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I said that. And then thunder, there was a huge clap of thunder outside. And then um, reading off her note cards, like, yeah. <laughs> What, yeah, what's going this, on? But this has to stop. Hard. <laughs> <Yes>. um. <laughs> You're hurting the people around you. <laughs> You've changed. Yeah. So the con is that Nate has found the second David, which is a small scale maquette of the larger statue by Michelangelo. Um, and this was a, a ledger moment, like a half ledger, half black box. Uh, black orange box moment because while the maquettes actually did exist uh, the, the little miniature statues they were destroyed so they don't actually exist anymore so they couldn't be stolen uh, so 
but so it's half right. At, at, that, point, at that point, I'm Parson. Like, I myself am not well versed <laughs> in that guy art, so I'm riveted quite so. Continue. <laughs> I. I love that. I love how he delivers it. Three course, but there was senior year. I was just auditing it, so mm -hmm. I ended up not going to any of the classes. Sorry. Oh, oh. As an art minor and a history major, I am so upset with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I was burned out. Yeah. That was a great way for them to obviously explain what clearly Sophie and Nate knew. Um, and yet not have it be a super, as you know, Bob moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, to go back to the West Wing, Aaron Sorkin is like, he has all, he tends to have to do a lot of exposition and info dumping because not a lot of people get how the legislative process works or what the census is all about or what the filibuster is about. So you got to get that information to out in a way so that the audience knows what's going on. But if you, but you have to do it in a way where it isn't clunky and, you know, an arrow, info dumping, exposition. Exactly. So, like, in a way, for hearts, yeah, like, my whole career is based on technology stuff that's happened after 1981. So, I'm riveted. Do go on. <laughs> so good and i love when um when sophie gets to kind of take control of cons and like help run them because she's really good at it because she's because she's good at getting people to do what she wants them to do right um, <laughs> but, yeah and that goes into play later um so then we go back to the the museum party and black bull is giving them a sneak preview of the exhibit on their way to the storage room to see the david his david um because we haven't mentioned that but Blackpool has a David. Uh, and I love Sophie's face when they like walk into the exhibit. She's just like, like a kid in a candy store. She's like, ah, I want everything. I don't know if you've been to the Frick collection in New York. Mm -mm. So the Frick collection is basically, um, the arc, there was a collection of Henry Clay Frick and his family. He was one of those Carnegie, Rockefeller, Robert Barron types. Mm -hmm. And he just happened to have this magnificent collection of Michelangelo's, Rembrandt's, Holbein's, just as one does. Oh yeah, and just lying around. This is what he and his family came home to, just a nice little Van Dyke, <laughs> Van Dyke like hanging on the wall in the in the parlor. And like like in that exhibit, it's kind of like, just like what about your frame of reference be like if that's what you just come home to every day? Just yeah, all those masterpieces, like you that is your can't, like you that's can't normal be normal. for you. Yeah, that's normal for you. Just have a little like Michelangelo little statuette on the on the on, on, on the mantle of the top of the fireplace. <laughs> Doesn't everyone have a Michelangelo? Yeah. I mean, like, and that's just one guy's stuff, you know. It, so, like, it boggles the mind. It boggles so, the mind. But that just that thing just reminded me of that because, like you said, like all that gorgeousness right there and then sophie's just like ooh, like you said kid at a candy store she's like, i want it all um yeah so um so he's taking them downstairs and he's showing off all the security measures uh you know there, there's like the infrared heat sensing there's the lasers there's the the weight thing i don't know and and hardison is jinxing himself in the van saying he's thankful that they don't have to break into there uh, Lucille! Lucille! It's Lucille, but he it's Lucille still hasn't been named. Yes, this is true. 
I'm, I'm waiting. I can't can't wait for the day that he's like, her name's Lucille. Um, yeah, so he's, you know, jinxing them, saying, oh, at least we don't have to break in here. And Parker, Parker scoffs, of course. And she's like, only three days. It's like breaking into the, what is it like breaking into the French, some the French bank or something? He's that like, that's it's easy. easy. It's like taking candy from a baby. <laughs> and then she pulls out the David and she's like, playing with him like Akibatori <laughs> can you please not play with the little naked man <laughs> um, so so their scam is they're gonna get Blackpool to buy the David get it insured by IYS and then let it be known that it's a fraud so that he'd be d- disgraced and then no one is ever gonna want to work with him again he'll probably lose his job and he deserves it but like you said at the end of the drew number six job like yes he goes down but it still doesn't make things right. Sam's still dead. So, yeah. like, in a, it, it's still not going to be made. Things are never really going to be made right. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it, but, yeah, Sam was experimental treatment, but we don't know if that would have worked. Maybe Sam would have still passed away anyway, even if they hadn't been approved. So, it's just... Yeah. That's what like, I thought every time. They were like, he was stage four, and this would have saved him. I'm like, it was an experimental procedure, but... But now you don't know. Like now, it's always going to be a what if, and I think that's almost worse. That's almost worse. Yeah. That the not knowing. It's almost. I think that's worse. The not knowing. Gotta be. So, um, so when Sophie takes a look at the, or Portia, Sophie as Portia takes a look at the the picture of the the David, and she says it looks authentic. It should go back to the Vatican immediately. Blackpool says he's going to buy it and he's going to donate it to the Vatican upon his death, which looking at this man could be anywhere from like two days to like 20 years because <laughs> those rich old white guys like never fucking die. Um, but, um, and she, so she agrees, but only if Professor Sinclair can authenticate it. And that is Elliot who is busy hitting on some blonde woman Um which I do not think is very professional. Nobody else is just like actually flirting with people when they're on the job. And Elliot's like, hang on, let me get this chick's number real quick. Elliot, I am the prize, uh, on the other prize. Um, so he so pays for it and you know he pays for it. Yeah, that's true. So um, Nate tells him to bring along the person that he's flirting with and it'll help sell his identity, but whoops. It's Maggie, Nate's ex-wife. <laughs> and everybody's faces are so good. I also like, want to point out that Maggie is dressed all in white. Yes. Oh, I can't, I was going to bring this up. I'm so excited that you did. <laughs> yes, Maggie is dressed all in white until a certain point. Yes. And then she's not. <laughs> and Sophie is all in black. Right. Yeah. I... And we'll talk more about Maggie as, as we go into the episode, but I love that you genuinely like Maggie, like from the very beginning, like, because yeah. so often in, in shows when there's a love interest and then you have someone come from the past, like, you're like, okay, I've been taught this trope. We're supposed to hate this other woman. You know, she's going to distract Nate from Sophie and all this, but in this story, like, Nate and Sophie are not ready to be together in any way, shape or form. So with this because so often it's done sloppily and and the excess is horrible mean awful witchy 
manipulative, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And everybody hates her. And then his family can't stand her. Like, oh my gosh, he was so awful. Thank God he has you now. You're the best thing that's ever happened to him. Exactly. Whatever. And which is so Mary Sue. And it's just like, first of all, it pits women against each other, which I do. Yes. Like. We should be supporting each other, not tearing each other down. Mm-hmm. And second, that is just lazy and sloppy, sloppy work. Third yeah. of all, what does it say about the hero judgment that he's with someone so ostensibly horrible in the first place? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Ron that? and Tammy too. <laughs> uh, right. Like Maggie is so, so great. And that actually makes you feel more sympathetic about Sophie's conflict because Maggie is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also I think it, it comes becomes apparent pretty clearly that pretty quickly that Maggie's moved on like there's not going to be anything that's going to happen between Maggie and Nate Nate still holds a bit of a torch for her he still calls her his wife several times ex-wife 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 and then but she's also like she's at a point where she she still feels for him like she's got a lot of sympathy she wants to help him out Um, but she also is okay with like poking fun at him you know Uh, she's not walking on eggshells around him and I like that because that's you know they had this relationship for like 20 years or you know however long like a long time like she's like acting she's being an adult about this Mm -hmm. she's an adult yeah so so Maggie (laughs) Maggie hears the tail end of Nate's story about how he's drunk and he's living in his car and he's just doing really badly and she says, you know, anything I can do to help this sale, to help you out, I will help. And he's like, oh, I okay. have a couch in my office. Was, it, was that, that was her, right? I have a couch in my office. Yes. Oh, and his face when she says that, he's like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen at this moment. Like, the, no. the cops, the feds could come for me and it would not be worse. Than, and like, Ellie, like... For the first time, probably Elliot like really wants the floor to swallow him whole. Mm-hmm. He's and, like, oh, oh, and they and they shake hands, and you know Nate's like crushing his hand, and and Elliot's so, letting him because he could break his hand, but he doesn't. And Sophie's like, seriously, seriously? Yeah. Oh, I love that Sophie's like jealousy comes out when she's talking to Blackpool. She's like, oh, she seems really nice, and he's like, oh yeah, they're a great pair. You know, she her expertise is art, and they work together. And um, it was very Nick and Nora, which I'm like, yes, Nick and Nora Charles. I love the Finn man. It almost makes me want to have like a like a flashback show, like a prequel, where you get to see them work together. But at the same time, I hate shows like that when you know that it's going to end in tragedy. Like you know, their kid's gonna die. Like I couldn't handle that. I couldn't want a Nate and Sterling like prequel show. <laughs> I do, I yeah, because you want to know what their dynamic was before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and just Mark Shepard, there's just something about him. Like, even though he's sort of like the antagonist, he's you still kind of root for him though, even he, though he's being such an ass. He's still kind of like an utter bastard. There's just, <laughs> just something about Mark Shepard, and he he's, has such like yeah, he's magnetic. 
even though he himself probably isn't like this huge geek or nerd, like he has such huge cred in the geek and nerd community because he's like in Warehouse 13, he's Battlestar like or whatever it is, he's like in everything. He's been in Doctor Who, he's been in the X-Files, Supernatural, this, yeah, he's been around the block. <laughs> um, so now that they've got Maggie on board to help, they know that they can't pass off their fake David as a real Michelangelo because she's too good and she will be able to spot the difference. So now they have to steal the first David. You're a little naked man. And she's like so protective of little naked man. No, not her little naked man. Yeah. So, so then he gives uh, Parker that challenge and Parker loves a challenge. So she's like, so you want me to break into a secure storage facility with what I can scrounge up at the buffet table? (laughs) Pretty much. She's like, she's like, cool. she's like Barney Stinson, challenge accepted. Exactly. Exactly. And Hardison, again, like, I love that it keeps coming. Like, this happens several times in the season. Parker takes her clothes off and Hardison, like, whoop, and he turns around immediately. Like, he doesn't make a crass joke. He doesn't try to ogle her. And then he turns the little Michael, the little David around. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like another callback or mirror to the Nigerian job when they were in the elevator and she had to change to do the burn bit. And And so then we have Parker in that amazing green dress. And and we we mentioned that John Rogers says they they only put Beth Reese Graff in a a fancy dress once per season (laughs) because all of our heads would explode if it was every every episode. Um, She gets a glass of ice from the bartender. She gets Hardison to give her a roll of aluminum foil. And he makes some joke about like breakfast jambalaya or something. (laughs) Cause he's dressed as a white staff. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wrap up this shrimp. (laughs) He's so cute. Um, And then Sophie gets her some eyeshadow. And she's like, oh, I I have to go powder my nose. That was a horrible Italian accent. I don't can't do accents. And then they make out, which is very exciting. And all the fan, <laughs> the little OTP, OT3 shippers out there got really excited. Uh, and they do this so they can trigger the silent alarm and... And not rouse the suspicion of the security guards because apparently this is a normal thing. People <laughs> do not respect the social contract. <laughs> I know that upsets you, but it's sadly it's true. Raise my spider, mom. You don't do that ish. Okay? I'm sorry. It's my upbringing. My yeah. people don't do that. <laughs> I wish I wish more people didn't do things like that. But but you know what? If Parker and Hardison want to make out, that's totally okay with me. Uh, my thing is that I don't understand why they didn't pull the door closed and make them leave to go do that somewhere less sensitive. Um, like the bushes outside. I don't know. Uh, but they yeah. don't. So then they can sneak into the basement. And do the cool laser thing. Do the cool laser thing. But first, like Nate and Elliot, their reaction to to hearing that somebody's making out and they don't know who it is. So all sorts of scenarios <laughs> running through their minds. Uh, but if it had been Parker and Sophie, I doubt the security guards would have left so quickly. They would have stayed to be creepy. 
then Parker's in total denial about what happened, even though Hardison wants to talk about it. So weird. Nate's ex-wife is here. <laughs> like, totally like, not what he was obsessed with. Not what he was obsessing over. Yeah. Um, so she's got the eyeshadow, and she dusts that onto the fingerprint scanner, and that picks up Blackpool's fingerprint fingerprint from earlier oh, in the day. Like, a fake science because this is the recent one. So that yes. the oils are the fresher or whatever. Exactly. So that's that's gonna pick up the yeah, the fresh finger oils. Disgusting. Ugh, I can't believe I just said that. Okay. I don't <laughs> Hey. It's been a night, y'all. <laughs> um, okay, so they get in, uh, then they they spoof the the heat sensors with um, a little cup made out of foil and the ice and some gum that Hardison had to chew. And then very neatly, Parker cartwheels through the lasers and makes the neatest little contraption with foil where she folds it and it reflects the beams back. Because some people do crossword puzzles, but Parker, you know, lots to break into secure vaults. Like Parker said, you did not just think of come up with this right now. (laughs) Some people do crossword puzzles. And then I do love like she like is crouching and then she like when she stands up and that shot of her just like coming up to see the David and she's just grinning at it. It's so cool. <laughs> it's such Wait, like an then, epic shot. And then she threw it at him, right? Yes. And so like, not throw a Michelangelo. And it's like you caught it. Yeah, I trusted you. It's fine. But I feel like Parker has stolen art before, so wouldn't she have more respect for the Michelangelo than you just toss it like that, though? I don't think Parker carries that out art. Yeah, Parker doesn't get art. Parker gets money. Right. But it represents money, and so... But if she tosses it and gets hurt, it lessens the value. She'll get less money for it. Right? But he caught it. (laughs) She knew he was going to catch it. But she she calculated that risk. Like, that's how she was going to get it out. But she was going to chuck it at Artisan. Um, so, but uh, but picking it up sets off the um, the alarm. And so Hardison sets off all the car alarms in the parking lot to spoof them again. Which they should be like, how many false alarms do they get of a night? You know, that's two. On nights that you have a party, though, you're going to get more... That's true. I mean, I'm not necessarily more earthquakes, but (laughs) especially if they're like, if the alcohol is flowing, which it was this evening. I mean, they already, one of them got headbutted and their gun got pulled on someone else. It's been a night for them. They're ready to go home. But so they think that all of the, all of the alarms have been thrown off because of some earthquake tremors that apparently do, do wreak havoc on security systems. Then uh, Maggie offers Nate the couch in her office, which, ooh, and then immediately follows that up by giving her number to Elliot. <laughs> Who again wants to, like, it's saying, kill me now? Yes. Yeah, Nate's saying, kill me now, and Maggie's like, I don't know when I'm going to see a guy this hot again, so I gotta, gotta take my moment, you know? I'm not going to miss my shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So, (laughs) 
Uh, but Nate is not going to let Elliot get away with that very easily. So he's grouchy at him when they're back at the office. But Parker is just too stoked. She's just like, we just stole an $8 million statue on like our day off. Which that's not their day off. They planned well, this heist. Parker's definition, her night was supposed to be her hanging out in the van with Hardison. So that's that true. Felt like her day off to her. That's totally true. You're right. You're right. <laughs> She's just so excited. This little, little naked man. Um, and then Sophie decides we're going to add an extra element to this con. We're going to. We've, you know, we've replaced his real David with a fake David. Now we're going to sell him a real David, but we're going to take that away and give him another fake David. And that way he'll have two fake Davids, which will really screw him over because he's had the first one insured by IYS for a long time. And then he'll have this one also insured. So it'll be like double insurance fraud and it will like really ruin his reputation and he'll never work again. So the whole crew is getting really psyched about this. Like, oh, this is great. What a what an extra like, element. And... Like but like they're already on an adrenaline high, like they're pumped. Like oh, yeah. we hate cool. We hate yeah. Like, <laughs> Let's take him out. Damn the man. Um, but Nate is not buying it, and he asks to see her in his office, which is <laughs> uh oh. What did you say yeah. earlier? Like mommy and daddy have to go fight now or something. <laughs> we need to have a little discussion. Yes. Mommy and Daddy still love each other. We just fight sometimes. We disagree. Mommy almost felt like she was being called to the principal's office, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Which, one, she doesn't like because she she doesn't see herself as, like, the younger generation. Like, I feel like Parker Hardison and Elliot, they're the kids, right? And Nate and Sophia are the, the parents, so he's... You know, she's getting this dressing down from him and she's like, excuse me, no, I'm your equal. Like, you don't talk to me like this. Um, but he is accusing her of trying to con them uh, because she wants yeah, I, both. Like I said things. before, I, like, I think like I did first time. So, I, I really didn't pick up the difference in the and like in the pitch and the rhythm and like how quickly she's speaking and things like that, like how she's actually trying to reel them in. Mm -hmm. but, and she's uh, she's like, using their adrenaline, their excitement about exactly. the success. But now looking back, like you can tell, she's like overdoing it, like a little too much. Mm -hmm. You know, like so. I think that's what made off. Like something's up. Yeah. Something's up. Well, and it's also like normally in their cons, they have to up their game because their mark did something that flipped it and this is her just saying like for no reason at all let's just totally double up um and good point yeah oh but she's so she's saying that the reason that she has decided she wants to do this or like the reason she's angry at him is because maggie is now in the picture and and she like just throws the fact that Maggie is there, that Maggie's interacting with Blackpool um, and is friendly with them. Like, you know, what about Maggie? Oh, she's so great. But look here, these people are responsible for your child's death and she's still hanging out with them. But then Nate drops the bombshell that Maggie never knew that IYS denied Sam's treatment because he didn't tell her. Um, 
because then she would pity him even more. And like, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> and it does, it like pulls the rug out from under her, kind of like the wind from her sails. Uh, but not enough for her to not go after that, the, both Davids. That's true. Know. Yeah. So, you know, Nate is still focused on, he doesn't want to walk away from this con. So he's, he'll do this. Um, because he just keeps thinking about Sam and all the other kids that have been screwed over. So we've got to go through with this because now Maggie is going to come in to help uh, authenticate this work. So Hardison pretends to be an FAA agent to commandeer a jet and the team <laughs> takes over a private airline. Parker is the, uh, I guess the receptionist and she's wearing her flight attendant outfit from the mile high job. Just proving- awesome. Yes. Awesome continuity. Um, just proving the, the theory that they do just keep everything that they've used in the past and it comes back, which is wonderful. Because <laughs> um, why waste it? I think everything that they do, they use as like a tool in their tool toolbox, you know? They just pull it out whenever they need and they don't have to make up something from scratch. Like, they didn't have time. <laughs> um, so somehow between walking on to the jet as an FAA agent and climbing off the jet, Park, Hardison has turned into this Oxford-educated um, sheik. Sheik? Sheik? Sheik. And, uh, about gambling debts. Yes, <laughs> lots of gambling debts, uh, like millions of dollars worth of gambling debts, you know, in London. So, and they're using a loophole that says that, um, in FAA regulations that planes can land to refuel at an airport. Um, and if they just land to refuel and then go back up into the air, they don't have to go through customs. So that's how they're sneaking this um, item into the country. So Maggie verifies its authenticity. She says it's identical <laughs> to the David he already has because it is it's the same thing. And um, you can see that in the moment they all like drew a breath. Like, oh yeah. Because she takes her time. She's got the loop and she's like staring at different corners of it. And Elliot's character just like, he's like, oh yeah, it looks perfect. I mean, <laughs> we'll have to do some different, uh, you know, scientific things, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> he doesn't even look closely at it. But yeah, they do all kind of like, uh, look at each other when she's examining it. But then she verifies its authenticity. And, uh, Freaking Blackpool is so excited and he's clapping his hands like a quote Leo. He's giddy as a schoolboy. Exactly. Gross. Uh, and then um, they're walking out and Maggie notices, which I love, that she notices that Parker is gone when they walk out. Where'd that girl go? She's she's brilliant. Uh, she tells Nate that working together again felt familiar and that he should call her. <laughs> uh, oh. And and you know, Nate says it too. He says to himself, he just says no, because he knows it's over. He knows there's no, you know, he's on this different path now. Like there's no way. Uh, or I don't think he ever really felt like he was ever, he, he and Maggie were ever gonna get back together. I think he was just too full of anger and self-loathing because he wasn't able to save Sam. Like I wouldn't want me, why would she want me? So I think like he never really thought it was even really a possibility I think I guess yeah like, I don't know if I, I I read him as wanting to get back together with her or yeah. just like having any sort of relationship with her I think 
at this point, he doesn't even think they could be friends. He's like, that. It's, yeah, because he does. He Like you said, he's too full of self-loathing, even for a relationship like that. Like right now, he's like, the only people I can be around are thieves and criminals. He feels like he's let him, he, he's let his family down so bad they couldn't possibly forgive him because yeah. he can't forgive himself. That's, <laughs> That's so sad. Um, and then when they go outside, Sophie's there and she says that the Vatican will has agreed to offer all the pieces that Blackpool requested since he's going to give them the David after his death. Uh, and then Nate punches him, as we all would, because he wouldn't have believed the handshake and, you know, it felt good. Um, and then he just, he like is giddy as a schoolboy, like he said, and jumps in his car and drives off after he puts the David in the armored car and doesn't even like think it's weird that Sophie's character is just hanging out with Nate. <laughs> yeah, we met last up. night. He's too and wrapped I, up to do so-called acquisition. He's he, true. He doesn't care. He I doesn't can't believe he didn't like keep it in his lap on the way home. But I mean, no. I'm glad he didn't. Ew! Like not in his ew. lap, like. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know, he just like wanted it with him. This new toy. But not like that. Um, so um, while Nate and Sophie ha are still at the airport, someone is taking pictures of them. Uh, and Elliot sees, sees this person and is about to alert Nate and Sophie. But then his earbud is punched out of his ear. Like that is how hard he's punched because those things are wedged in there um before he can alert the team and it's uh what did you say his name was clain crawford clain crawford formerly of the show lethal weapon no longer for <laughs> bad behavior on set uh which i don't know anything about but that's sad because uh he is a good friend of christian kane's and poor christian um but yeah, like so apparently when they were kids, they used to choreograph fight scenes together. They <laughs> beating the crap out of each other, essentially. Yeah, which is how a lot of people bond. I mean, I think my sisters and I are closer for that very reason. Just beating <laughs> each other up regular. Oh, oh right. <laughs> Y'all not have siblings you used to beat up? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we used to do um, during recess in the first and second grade. We would just go out to the schoolyard and all the boys and me, we would just beat the crap out of each other. We'd okay, just, like, like just say, in full yeah. disclosure, my sister and I have just one younger sibling. Mm -hmm. We never got physical with each other. We yelled. There were maybe name calling and things like that, but we never got physical with, with each other. That's not how we rolled. Wow. So, that's, yeah. We had a so. lot of hitting, a lot of kicking, <laughs> throwing things. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, you never you never hit a sibling. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. And I'm sure my siblings would agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we get in trouble with anybody, Hardison is heading back to headquarters. He's got the he's got all the money, the eight million dollars. 
eight million dollars that was like mm, in a briefcase that doesn't seem right <laughs> oh now you want to do the math okay <laughs> now i want to do the math now, now you don't want to Okay. Okay. They were, they were just eight one million dollar bills. Okay, I'm done. I've done the math. <laughs> and then just some filler paper so it doesn't slide around too much. Um, so Hardison gets back to um, headquarters and he's followed in by this like whole line of henchmen, like not three, but like ten. They just keep coming like a line of ants probably had like very distinctive haircuts or very distinctive like pantsuits or something that's right oh man if only elliot were there but no he's having his ass handed to him back at the hangar um yeah so the henchmen are going after elliot i still don't know why he let himself like get deliberately like get him his ass kicked until the last minute when he decides enough is enough and then he whoops clean but like why was he let why why did why why i think their like fighting styles are really similar and he was getting his measure like he was seeing where he was going to go next like what he was going to try okay to yeah and this is the first time that we've seen anything close to elliot being beat up at all like we said earlier like even the butcher of kiev like he was evenly His matched face. and i think it's definitely the you know this is the you know the second to last episode so we've got to like raise those stakes like finally here's someone who is on elliot's level um yeah like not only were they fighting they were taunting each other yes oh that's a broken, broken rib. Rib. <laughs> and then clay was like get up get up keep that keep your left up or something like mm. come on get up we're yeah like, but then he was like why down? won't you go down <laughs> and he's like oh this is why <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Parker jumps off a bridge, as you do, onto the armored truck that's carrying the first David, because they're stealing it back. Um, like we talked about in the drawer number six job, jumping off a bridge and landing on a moving truck is fine. Maybe small talk, that's where she draws the line. Oh yeah. No. Of course. Obviously one of these things is much easier than the other. <laughs> and then we just see everything's going wrong, right? We can't do anything to help them. Like Elliot's losing this fight. This looks like there's this car speeding up on Parker as she's trying to pick the lock on the back of the armored car. Um, the henchmen all jump Hardison and he like spills his popcorn and like hit him in the head with a tire iron. Uh, though he does get to punch a couple of them before he goes down. <laughs> um, but then Parker gets into the truck and she hears that voice. Because it's Sterling. He's there and he's waiting for her. He's in like a nice leather desk chair, too. He's not just leaning like against the wall. He, he has like a scene set up. Like he's. Only, only Mark Shepard can pull off that line with that raspy voice of his, with that gravitas and that slight edge of menace. That like. Yes. Like, like you don't want to hear hello, Nate. Well, hello, Parker. You because yeah. it's it is it's like it's gravelly, it's sinister, but it's also like he's having so much fun while he's doing it, and that makes it worse. He's like Ooh. a cat playing with the mouse. That's exactly it. He's like a cat playing with the mouse. Exactly. He's and Parker is terrified. P.S. We're coming up on the part where we were earlier when I realized we weren't recording. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
because he has because she is the way he operates that he is such is like he doesn't do anything unless he has four aces up his sleeve it's a mm-hmm. done deal like john roger said sterling never loses mm-hmm. yeah so yeah like, mark shepherd was like i want it to be known that never <laughs> never wins over him they tie at, at, at best or at worst uh so yeah, so Sterling now has um, Parker's earpiece, and Elliot finally stops toying with uh, Quinn, that's his name, the other guy, and um, you know tells him, hey, we've been, you know, they found us out, uh, yeah. we've been burned, and oh, wow. blown, that's it, right? I'm like, oh, burn notice, and then I... My head went to a different place. Sorry. Uh, another great show. They're using the the mouth, the earpieces, but like he's just talking into it. And I'm like, are you just pushing it up to your ear in between each time you talk? Because that's not how these earpieces work. But it, I mean, it works visually on the screen when you're watching it. So um, Sterling tells Nate that. What? Yeah. I think this is the scene where Ellie is just someday I just need to kick Sterling's ass. I owe him an ass kicking. Yeah, he says, um, I've got some dental work to talk to you about. <laughs> because he's missing a tooth now. <laughs> so Sterling told Nate to join him at the place where they used to have a drink after work. And they meet up on the roof of IYS. Uh, which is like a pretty picturesque place to have a drink after work. You'd think though that there would be some like tables and chairs, but there's not. Um, maybe Nate and Sterling were the only people to ever meet up there because they're the cool guys. Um, and, and he tells Nate that he wants the second David. And Nate claims, truthfully, like, that he doesn't I have it. He doesn't know where it is. Before this went down, he and Sterling were partners. They were BFFs. Do you like, think they're they really were friends? I don't think they were really friends. Yeah. Because Sterling says they were, and Nate's like, we were never friends. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, makes me wonder, like, did Sterling think they were friends? Yeah, I feel like like Nate went up to the roof to be alone, and Sterling kept following relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These two guys who were just are capable of Nate damaged as he was and and Sterling uh like he refers himself a self-serving utter bastard yeah a person can can be friends with anybody well I mean I'm guessing that he was always a self-serving utter bastard but Nate was a little less broken before I mean he still had a, a lot of issues as we learn when we learn more about Nate's past. Um, but yeah, I don't think they were ever really friends either. No. So, but then Nate realizes that he knows somebody who has the second David because Sophie has had it the entire time. Um, and Sterling knows that, uh, knew that Sophie or Jenny, as she was going by when she stole it, would use the first David to steal. Um, to steal it so she can have both does that make sense <laughs> what they said she had, when she found out where the first David was that she would steal it so she would have both so 
Sophie is to bring the second David in exchange for Parker. Wait, which one is the which one? They have the first David. They've stolen that back. She's got to bring hers, which is the second David. There we go. In exchange for Parker, uh, while Nate meets Sterling's men back at the office. And then they, um, Sterling, is he has a drink and he has it in this tumbler, this glass, and he passes it to Nate. And then later in the next episode, we'll see that again. It's like they're they're like your move kind of yeah. sign. Um, so they pass off the glass. And then Sophie takes Nate to her storage unit. Because <laughs> she was an honest citizen when they he's found her in Chicago. <laughs> but she was just an honest citizen with a very good retirement plan. <laughs> and then for librarian fans out there, she picks up that that big cup and she like blows the dust out of it. It's the Judas Chalice. <laughs> yeah. So. I just, I just thought this next scene between Gina and Tim was like a master class. Like, like, it was incredible. There was just so many layers and depth to it. When Sophie's like, don't you, like, you are no moral high ground on this. Like, you, you were just so angry, bitter, angry. You wanted it. You wanted this. You want to take him down as much as we did. Mm-hmm. And and don't you look down on us? Yeah. Like part of you is always going to think you're a little better than us, which goes back to what you were saying. Like he feels like the only people he's fit to be around are thieves. Yeah. Which goes back to what? Yeah. <laughs> so addicts. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love I love that part. Um, you know, the whole scam was a way to get your hands on the first David, and she's like, yeah, like I wanted to hurt Blackpool, but I also couldn't resist this. Like no one else has stolen both Davids in 400 years. Like it was just, it was fate. Like I had to do it. Um, And she she says, yeah, we're all addicts. We're all addicted to our pasts, you know? I love that she makes no apologies for who she is. No. No, none. Because why should she? she? He's always known who she is, you know? And she's like, screw you for for throwing that in my face. I've always been who I am. I am honest about who I am. You can't even be honest about who you are. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then she says, like, where do we, what do we do now? <laughs> um, because Sterling knows exactly how the two of them think. Anything they could try, he's going to know because it's them. He's so scary and such a powerful opponent. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is why the team doesn't want to mess with him. Yeah. It's just, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so so now it's time for them to think like someone else. So then we get Sophie. She's up on the roof and they they circle Parker. So they make Parker go to the middle. The David's over like on a ledge and they're going to circle around her and she's going to grab Parker and they're going to go down the stairs. And then it switches over to uh, Leverage headquarters where Nate has gotten there and they've got Hardison zip tied. <laughs> and then Elliot comes in like holding his broken rib like his side and he just like looks pissed he looks so ang- like more angry than usual which is very <laughs> angry um, like, like, Elliot's usually at about like a 7 when it comes to being cranky and angry now he's a full blown like 15 right now he's like a 12 15 right now. <laughs> yes exactly he turned it up to 11 um so, and then it goes back and forth. Sophie, uh, you know, Parker says, you know, they've, you know, they've got men downstairs and Sophie's like, of course they do. 
I had to ask myself like what, I have no idea how to get off this roof, but I had to ask myself, what would Parker do? Um, and then Nate says, I had to ask myself, what would Hardison do? So Sophie's got a harness and a zip line and Elliot has this frequency disruptor that causes feedback and they just escape. And, and like, and that smile that comes over Parker's face because she knows, she knows. And she's and so again, excited because she gets to jump off a building. And like, again, <laughs> a, a good tie-in to the Nigerian job when she had to get Sophie down like 10 places. The girls just went for it. They did. Like, oh, it's utterly terrifying. <laughs> I am terrified of heights. So no, that was not gonna, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone skydiving, but the idea of just like running and just grabbing someone and trusting your body to like not let go, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> Um, and then the the boys get to like beat up everybody <laughs> the back at the back at the headquarters, um, and then they like all point at each other. They're like, "Yeah, you did it! You did it!" Like, and, then, so and then like, yeah, and then Nate points at both of them. My boys, that's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. My boys. Yeah. Um, and then, but like Sterling is not totally upset. He goes to pick up all of his henchmen because you know what he still has this whole office all of their paperwork all of you know they've got this paper trail and fingerprints and all the stuff but uh -uh, not so easy hardison has it all primed to blow um and so they they get 30 seconds to run downstairs uh and then the the head henchman in charge is like oh maybe maybe he was bluffing but con men don't bluff and then like this is better like, he yeah. saw the 30-second countdown, he's like, go, out, go, yeah. go, go! Oh, like, guys still zip-tied running around. <laughs> so, and then we get, like, the conclusion of this episode. So we have the voiceover by Sterling. You know, these are professionals. They know when the, you know, the game's up, so they're going to scatter. Um, the only thing to do. Yeah, the only thing to do. And so then we get the 360 pan of them all just looking at each other silently. And then the shot from above... And they they all turn and walk away, which they do in the Nigerian job twice. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so they're like, oh, no, come back, my babies, <laughs> come back. And then you feel like I can't go down like this. Yeah, it can't be over. Um, one random little tiny caveat: Sophie has changed. Everybody else, like Parker's still like got dirt smudged on her and like everybody else is still kind of bloody and like Sophie has changed from that tank top kind of outfit she was wearing when she had the the harness on. Now she has a a turtleneck on. <laughs> Just had to point that out. Because and now it's time for the second episode. The second David job. And this episode starts in much the same way as the first David job. Um, except kind of flipped on its head. So now we have Blackpool holding a gun on Nate um, and he's shouting, where are they? By which, of course, he can only mean the Davids, right? Um, sure. Yeah, and Nate says, you gonna kill me, Ian? <laughs> and then we get a flashback to three days before that. So Sterling and Blackpool are in the IYS conference room, uh, which looks very similar to the private airline that they used earlier because it is the same place <laughs> um, as is uh, Sterling's office in a minute 
uh, Sterling is introduced to everybody as the new vice president or one of the new vice presidents. Of course he, of course of he course. got a promotion at the end of the corner office. Well, and he says it, he says, you know, I, I, I go deliver unto my boss this item that he desires more than anything and move into my nice corner office. And then we flip back and the team is all back at the museum where they're obviously casing the place because nothing can keep them down. <laughs> and then we go back and Sterling is explaining that um, their new plan is that they both want to insure and secure art for their clients. And they're announcing that they're gonna start this by um, the, a museum exhibit to, uh, to show off the two Davids. That'll be the centerpiece of this huge exhibit featuring priceless pieces of art from other high profile IYS clients. As a show of faith, of confidence, of course, it's yes. gonna be his own stuff and IYS and short stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it's gonna be fabulous. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Laying groundwork. <laughs> right? Like, so, you know, laying back, even though we don't see it yet. Exactly. Um, and then, so Sterling is getting a tour of his new corner office, which is pretty posh. I gotta say. And Nate's hiding in the desk chair, drinking from the glass. Um, and he, he then he just straight up tells Sterling Blackpool that he's out of the sales business and he's going to rob the museum opening day. <laughs> and, and you know, Blackpool just laughs at him. Sterling's ready to throw him out of the window. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, Sterling, I love you, but you're like five feet tall. How you gonna pick him up, throw him out of the window? But yeah, Blackpool says some like really awful things about protecting his investors. And like, that's why they now have a policy of denying claims the way that they do. Yeah, like overtake my, my judgment. Um, you have the responsibility to my share, to shareholders. Yeah. Just like, oh, you can't let your emotions cloud your judgment. Like, oh, you absolute a-hole. <sighs> Or Sophie is walking around in the, the gallery and she, she sees Maggie and so she like swerves. And again we have Maggie in like a light colored outfit. Sophie's in gray, like a dark gray. And with some kind of like old man fisherman type hat type. Thing. Yeah, she's got I mean I obviously to hide hide her face from cameras. Like this old fashioned like nineteen twenties hat. Yeah, so then Sophie's like examining a painting and she notices Parker's laser. And this is when you realize that they don't know that, that the others are there. So she turns and she's like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? And they're like fighting across the floors because she's up on the second floor. We see Hardison is wearing some kind of outfit. technician, like technician, like electrician outfit. Yeah. yeah. And, and Elliot is literally an employee. He's a security <laughs> guard and they see each other. Parker blew it by saying, hey. Yeah, she's like, hey, I know you. <laughs> but yeah, the security, I love the security guards are coming to get him and he's trying to walk off. And then Elliot comes around. He's like, I got you. I got you. Come here. And then he like flips him over. <laughs> Not before. Yes. Damn it, Hardison. Yes. We got a damn it, Hardison. So he cuffs him and says he'll take care of him. But he saw another guy. So go check up on the next floor. Parker saying, hey, also alerted Maggie that something was going on. She turns around and sees Sophie and she's like, don't I know you? 
And Sophie tries to walk away and pretend she speaks Spanish. But of course, Maggie knows Spanish because Maggie's perfect. And Sophie's like, of course she bloody speaks Spanish. Of course. (laughs) Out loud. She could hear you, Sophie. She could hear you. Um, And then Parker jumps down from the second floor. They book it outside and they go running. And then the security cards are coming around the corner and they have to turn to run the other way. And Elliot and Hardison come running out. Sophie takes off her takes off her heels so she can run faster. No shit is real when Sophie's taking off her shoes. Right? El- Hardison is still cuffed with his hands behind his back, running as fast as he can. <laughs> and Nate rolls up in the car and, and offers them a lift. <laughs> Tesla, the um, hybrid? No, it's not the Tesla. They wouldn't all fit in the Tesla. Oh, okay. It was like, it's probably the Hyundai. Because that's what they're... Um, advertising these days probably and they peel out which is is very similar to the nigerian job when they're doing the burn scam but in that scenario they were they were they were running the show they knew what was going on (laughs) this one they're just (laughs) running for their lives and and they peel out and they get to go to the new uh headquarters mc hammer's place i wonder if they had to like Run that by MC Hammer's people. Maybe. You know? Like, could you get in? I, mean, I also know. thought that you can touch this reference, but they probably did, like, for regal. That was great. But I love that the first thing Parker does is go check the bathroom. She's like, the toilets are gone. Like, Parker probably had to pee. She could not. Because the toilets were gone. I wonder if everybody sleeps there while they're doing this job like it's a are there a bunch of like sleeping bags upstairs that's a new base of operations at this point so yeah but elliot is really pissed at sophie and then she like blames nate she's like look we're a mess (laughs) like yeah it's partially your fault why why are you blaming nate elliot was being very passive aggressive very passive. Elliot was straight up being aggressive. I don't even know if it was passive. Yeah, I don't think it lacked passivity. And I do love that, you know, they're like, how'd you know we'd be there? You know, and he says, it's the last week before the exhibit opens. The security is almost in place, but not quite. Um, and plus, I did chase all of you at one point. Like, I know he, how y'all work. I know how you work. And I think I'm a profiler. Like, this is my, this is my jam. <laughs> and then they're all like they have this like great like four-way conversation um not conversation confrontation argument thing so like Elliot saying he doesn't trust Sophie Parker's pointing out well she came back for me Hardison saying I don't need any of you Parker like being <laughs> was, like excuse me <laughs> Hardison was hurt that nobody tried to find him for three months I don't need y'all I know he's like look I've had this whole house I was waiting for you <laughs> Where were you? And, and Sophie's trying to defend herself. Hey, we had that job with forces where I backed your play. I had yeah. your back. Yeah, and Elliot's like, you don't con your own crew. And so they're all yelling. And then Nate just like whistles. He's like <laughs> looking at the blueprints. And that like just gets their attention. And they come mm-hmm. over and Parker's like talking about the motion detectors and he's like oh wow really and he's backing up and sophie charms in and he's like really 
and and Elliot's like talking about the like the quad rotation and mm-hmm. and and Harley's like you can bypass the security. It's this other thing that's gonna be tricky. And and I know. like you said, they back up and and yeah. And then Nate points out the hole in their plant. Where's the air coming from? Yeah. And then they're like, dang, how did we not see that? Yeah, because you're each trying to solve one problem. And I can see the whole picture. Which also goes back to this previous episode when they were like, well, I can't solve this my way. So uh, so Sophie's like, I have to solve this Parker's way. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I have to solve this Harrison's way. So it's, like, I think that's something they play on throughout the series. Like, how each of them, like, approaches a problem differently. Mm-hmm. How we get, like, in a further episode where they talk about how they how they would approach a job, like, Parker would sneak in, like, well, Sophie will don a persona and, 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 and like, come and charm her way in, like, Ellie will probably just punch his way in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hardison's gonna find her way in through the proverbial back door, through the, you know. Yeah. So each of them, like, just sees a different sees the problem differently whereas Nate like he like like he also talked about in the Nigerian job I know what all of you can do mm-hmm. so I gives me the advantage so I can take the best of each of what you bring and solve this problem because they are like if you're a hammer you see every you see everything as a nail so each of them just sees this as a nail where he can see oh that's not a nail that's a whatever <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's a screwdriver, but you know, or that's a screw. We need a screwdriver. Exactly. I like, he asks them, um, like, why'd you come back? We said we were going to lay low for six months and they all had like different reasons. You know, it was an itch. Like, I don't like to leave a job undone. You know, Hardison said they put a lot of work into that office and I'm not going to let them get away with like ruining it. They blew up my second home. Yes, I know. Um, like Elliot's like, uh, as annoying as all of you are, like I quit this crew when I quit this crew. No one's gonna make me quit. And then like, Sophie's just like, I just really wanted to hurt Sterling. <laughs> none of them have the emotional maturity to say, I miss y'all. Yeah. Yeah. You're my family now, and I I need to Yeah, I gotta be with you. So <laughs> So Nate's like, you know what, we can do this. We can ruin Blackpool and we can break Sterling if we work together. Um, but since you know Sterling knows them so well, it's going to make be twice as hard. And then Nate says, "No, it's going to be four times as hard because he knows we're coming." Mm-hmm. Because I told him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sophie's like, "Why?" The response is going to be biblical. Yeah, and he's just like, you know, I like a challenge. He says. He doesn't say, but he, that's what he means. So, and I love they're so low tech this time around. You know, they're just sitting around this, you know, Hardison has a, a laptop and they have a projector, but um, do they have a projector? No, they just have like a bulletin board. Oh, like a whiteboard. Yeah, okay. Um, and, you know, they don't have the big, like all the screens and, and like lots of computers and stuff. Um, and it's cool. It's like, simple back to basics kind of thing and they don't need they're so good at their jobs they don't need all of the, the frills um of course not yeah 
Parker Parker mentions the basement again, and uh, Ben plays dumb again when Hardison wants to talk about it. She's like, yeah, that was fun. Meaning the breaking into the vault. And he's like, yeah, can we talk about the making out? This time around, they're going to need someone on the inside. But all of them, all of their personas have been burned because they're, they all know their faces. So what about Maggie? And nobody wants Maggie, but they're going to need to use Maggie. So they have Elliot call her to ask her out. And I, I love that's like, great. Like, Ellie probably wanted to... Uh, I felt like he kind of was kind of enjoying needling Nate at that oh, moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, maybe she just probably, wanted some hot coffee. <laughs> probably because Nate was being so overbearing with the coaching and, like, making, like, and how annoying he was being, like, making it known how unhappy he was about the situation. Yeah, I had to ask her out 10 times before she'd go to coffee. Oh, coffee? Yeah, sure. I'd love to go to coffee. In an hour? Where? No, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Um, oh, but before before he calls her, we see her back at the museum, and she's walking with Dr. Lloyd, um, who has horrible allergies. And Lloyd, Dr. Lloyd, is played by Eric Avari, or Dr. Terrence Bay from The Mummy. Or- <laughs> Um, Sons of the Pharaohs. Uh, I love The Mummy so much, as I'm sure many people who enjoy the Librarians franchise do, if you're a librarian. It's like the only other movie where there's like a kick-ass librarian. That scene where she's drunk and she proudly (laughs) proclaims, But I am proud of what I am. I'm a librarian. Uh, I just, I love that movie so much. But I also feel like Erica Barr is another one of those, like, whose face you see everywhere. And he's yeah. one of those, that guy. He's I kinda, know that guy. Yeah. He was also in one of the librarian movies. I think he was in Judas Chalice as well. Uh, he was, like, the bad guy. Yeah, so they're walking and they're um, seeing the, the fancy new security measures that IYS is putting in as per Sterling's orders. Uh, and they have these, like, huge, like, sliding like metal shutters or whatever you know that go shoo, 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 all the way up like four stories and uh who's it i guess it's blackpool who says this is no longer a museum it's a vault with visiting hours like and, you like woke up this morning and wrote that in your diary so you'd say we, our museum has good security, and I, I do a good job running this place. Like, what are you, what are you people doing? This but he, he's like, he's like, we have security, and then it, like, the security guys are like eating hot dogs or something. They're like, oh, hey, Doctor Lloyd. And then, and then, like, Sterling is like horrified. Like, he's like horrified. Like, he's like, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> We're still going to do this. Well, I mean, they were able to steal the first David. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, how good is their security? They let those people make out and didn't close the door. You know, have a really have a strong leg to stand on with, in terms of that. Yeah. I can't believe they still have jobs. But I mean, but those are like master, master criminals. That's not a smash and grab or anything. Um, so Elliot meets Maggie for a a coffee and she is just very interested and she's like just 
throwing Nate under the bus, just saying horrible things about him while everybody listens in the van. And like Sophie's eating gummy bears. <laughs> like, like she's like, this is entertainment. Hmm. That look on her face when he disparages Nate's <laughs> ability in the bedroom. Yeah, she's like, <gasps> and eyes wide, like, turns to look at him. Yeah. And, and, and Justin's just like, dang! And Sophie's like, excuse me. Yeah. I experienced so much secondhand embarrassment watching that scene. Oh, oh my I gosh, know. yes. Even though you very quickly, like, kind of get the feeling that she knows. Yes. Like, she just says it too fast. Like, because Maggie is not that kind of person. You know? She's to be, like, needlessly cruel. Unless yeah. she was trying to make a point. And she's like, and Cam for his birthday or for Christmas three years ago. Uh, <laughs> so good. So then Maggie has to be told what's happening. And she and is awesome. not happy. And then like all, all of them in the van are just like sheepish. And, and, and right. then Sophie's like, hey, hi. <laughs> He's like, it's not what it looks like. Or I can explain. Um, so yeah, so he has to take her back to that house to explain, obviously. And Elliot says he feels used. And like, so this is like, so this is dad arguing with mom number two, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So now, and this, and this was like, like Sophie's almost been relegated to one of the kids. To, and she really is kind of like relegated to one of the kids because mommy and daddy are really fighting in the other room right now. Exactly. And then um, Maggie goes storming out, and so Nate chases after her and to try to explain things. And so he has to finally come clean about Sam and IYS. And that scene is so good. So um, Kari Matchett uh, plays Maggie, and she and Timothy Hutton were in that other show together. So they've worked together before. So they have this really great chemistry, but. And she is amazing as Joan so... Campbell um, in uh, Covert Affairs. Oh yeah. Kari, yeah, she was yeah. good. But they're so good in this scene. Like Timothy Hutton is an Oscar winner for a reason, you know? And he's, he's just says, you know, I couldn't tell you cause I couldn't have you hate me. And she says, I could never hate you or no. Yeah. I could never hate you. And he's like, well, I hate myself. And if you looked at me the way that I look at myself in the mirror, I would, I would kill myself. And you're just like, oh. oh. Like, Maggie is the one person in the world he feels that he can be that open with. Like, there's mm. no one else on the God's green earth that he could open up to like that and really be like, he, he let his guard down. Like, that's true. He, so open in that moment. Yeah. Like, and, and you see you see the flashback of Sam dying. And um we've seen that flashback before, but now it's it's longer, so you um you see him like run into the room and he like straight up shoves a doctor over. Like he doesn't shove them out of the way, but you could see them fall over. Oh. And and then he's like picking up Sam and he's crying and um, and then you see, you see Maggie, and apparently the when they were writing the script, the stage direction was said something like, Maggie realizes that she's lost her son, 
and also that Nate has lost his mind. And like, mm -hmm. it's that upsetting. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> and that is when I cried for the first time. Every time I watch this episode. That was the moment the world fell apart. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then going back to the story. So they, they hug <laughs> and, and Maggie's on board. Maggie's, Maggie's coming onto the team. Um, and Sterling is not far behind in figuring this out uh, because they have pulled Elliot's phone records. Camera. He used his actual oh, phone number when he applied for the job. And then they just caught his phone, that phone number calling Maggie. Um, so Sterling's See, kind of on See, that's what happens when you don't have the tech geek backing you up and spoofing that's the right. phone. That's right. Um, and then, then we get Maggie joining the crew and she's had a wardrobe change. She's wearing black. She's been wearing white this entire time, like we mentioned earlier. And now she's in black. Um, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> And then, and then Parker smells Maggie, <laughs> which is so great. And it was something Beth Reesgraf just did because she knows Parker so well. Uh, and they're, you know, they're running, the, they're running the con by Maggie, like telling her, "This is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna make this person do this." And she says, "Nate, you just you can't just make somebody do what you want them to do." And everyone's like, "Whoa, what? Yeah, you can't." That's like, that's what, what we, we do. do. <laughs> and, and then like Parker like, like actually pats Maggie on the head like a little like a good little girl. You're adorable. Pat you're, like brush your stroke your hand like you're adorable. Yes. Like I just love the the Sorry. Maggie and Parker dynamic. I think just Maggie is just kind of like amused mm -hmm. and has a soft spot for Parker, and Parker yeah. just thinks. Maggie is just an innocent little, like, little lamb out in the woods who needs to be protected from the wolves because she's so clearly innocent. And comparatively, <laughs> yeah, she is. Hardison assures Nate with the nod that, yes, he is checking Maggie's email. <laughs> he's checking her email. And he's like, shh, don't tell her. Don't tell her. He's like, okay, I won't. But I am reading her emails. So, oh my god. And then, you know, they're about to start their con and Maggie has the earbuds in and she's just nagging Nate over the comms, <laughs> which is great. Oh. And then Sophie takes over and I love Hardison and Elliot. They're like, yeah, because she's coaching Maggie when she runs up to Dr. Lloyd. She's like, be a little out of breath because it throws off speech patterns and it's harder to tell if someone's lying. And they're like, see, just like that. That's why we like when she does it, because you learn and you con. <laughs> But see, this is where I'm saying Ellie was passive-aggressive. Because Ellie Hardison was kind of like, you know, we we like how Sophie was running the last one. And then our ladies, like, yeah, before she, like, we yeah, kind of lied she... to us. Right up until the end. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And they do this so well, because, like, you don't even notice it while you're watching it. Maggie says... Just give them half an idea. Like, don't complete it. Yeah. Half an idea. Yeah, so first Parker's bumped into him. She switches. She's switched his uh, allergy meds with more ragweed and pollen and amphetamines <laughs> to make him oh, even wait, worse. Did they, did they give the, um, didn't they give Andrew whatever in the miracle job like extra amphetamines too? Speed? Yes, yes, they did give him speed. And they just defended themselves, but then they, he beat up a priest. 
I know. And then they said, well, what you gonna do? All right, give them the speed. Yeah. And then, so when we were talking about that in that episode, like, we realized they never switched it back. So he was just <laughs> on speed the whole time. <laughs> like, it was just worse and worse. Um, and then he was going to go through withdrawals from that. So we're like, yeah, you deserve it. They, uh, they've switched his medication to make him even more sick. They switch his glasses so that he cannot see very well. Then they kind of steer him towards the theater Sophie's there. She's talking to him about the sarcophagus and saying, oh, I've authenticated it and all this stuff. And she drops in the line about the curse of the of this mummy. And he looks up. And, and again, like we were talking about the jurisdiction job, like Gina's complexion and coloring is such that she can, she can pull off being this Egyptologist or expert. Like, yeah, so she's accent it's supposed to be like a really specific like, Iranian accent. Yeah. Accent. Um, and she's she's great. And I love her look here. She's got this like kind of like 1950s like part to her hair and the way she's got it pulled back and she's got the little scarf around her neck. She looks adorable. And, and like and the look was very austere, but still very plain and very elegant too. Very mm-hmm. streamlined, very elegant. Yeah, so he's suddenly all concerned about this curse. And then Maggie drops the other bomb where she's like, oh, it's not a curse. It's this bacteria. And it does all this stuff and she names all of the symptoms that he's having so that's all it takes for, to get him to put the sarcophagus down into storage uh, hardison also backstop with the articles and i never realized that I used amy's berg's picture as one of yes. the professors who was d d d did <laughs> that's right one of the writers i think that's so cool stick yourself in there uh there was one in um the journal number six job I want to say one of the um, CEOs, when they pull up the picture of Mumbai International, one of those guys is Dean Devlin, I think. They like put his picture as one of the CEOs. Yeah. So yeah, all of the, you know, Hardison has mocked everything up. So even the guys who found the mummy, they're all dead. And yeah. And then we go back to the house and Sophie's trying to apologize to Elliot without actually apologizing to Elliot because she is incapable of apologizing. And he says, you know, I was just getting used to it, like being part of a team. I'm like, oh, and then you ripped that out from under him. And but again, it, I like do find it interesting Elliot. that Elliot's angrier than everybody else. And I don't know. Especially when he finds out that he, she had tried to approach Hardison and Parker already. Why am I last? Why am I last? <laughs> he was so pissed. Yeah. You apologized to him before me. Um, <laughs> I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, I, okay. So, Parker and Hardison have always worked alone. And I don't think it would be hard for them to turn on other people so they can see why other people would turn on them. But Elliot was obviously in the military at some point. So, he sees like a unit as like you, you don't teamwork that yes, is something that is like, you don't you don't pull a con on your own crew like but you're all like, you that's have, an unassailable you're all thing to work together to achieve the objective yeah even though like remember in the nigerian job when victor jabinich gave nate all the dossier profiles of the team to put together they're like and nate's like you're crazy these people all have reputations of being loners. They don't play well together. Yeah. But like you said, with, military, with Elliot's military back coming into play, it makes sense. And he was like, we all have to do our part for the mission. Like, 
yeah, you don't pull crap like that and put the mission in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, when you work alone, you work alone. But when you work as a team, you have to be able to rely on the rest of your team. So, but then she just has, she just asks them like, I just wanted to see if everyone's okay. And they're like, okay, I accept your apology. <laughs> like, and, um, Ellie, huh? yeah. and then they put up the picture of old Nate, Harlan Leverage. Oh, okay, like I, <laughs> I have an attachment to old Nate. Like I have a soft oh, yes. spot for Nate. Everybody does, except for Nate. I love when... We didn't mention this in the first day of a job when they're like trying to get out and like Elliot's limping and he's like, Hardison, come on. And he's like, wait, wait, I gotta, I gotta get the painting. <laughs> Are you kidding? I painted this. I love it. They fit up the old name painting. Uh, and then, so Sterling is overseeing the last of the arrangements. He like waves down at uh, Maggie as they're installing the benches. And then he and the head henchman in charge uh, go over each of the crew and like where they're most wanted as they're making a circuit around the museum. And as they talk about each person, they walk by those people. (laughs) They like name all the different places that they're uh, wanted. And then Hardison's is, uh, they say Hardison better not show his face in Iceland, which was like, are they talking about like the banking crisis? Like did, he helped cause that and i looked it up and it, you know the banking crisis started in 2008 and went to 2011 in iceland so this is the beginning of 2009 so they that had to be what they were implying okay like christina you can cut this part out but remember in the reunion job when the flashback and he says the bank of life is going to pay for nana's medical bills remember that yeah okay i totally forgot about that Okay. And I just love, I just love when like when when they were running down Sophie's. Like, of course, like she just wanted in Europe because she's classy and sophisticated. Like All that. of Europe. <laughs> and then and then startling's like France, great food, horrible prisons. And then Sophie's just behind them and just scoffs at the idea that Sterling could ever catch her. Yeah. <gasps> Elliot just like glares as he walks by in the background and <laughs> menacingly. Harper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Parker's just standing in the coat check, just like, no. <laughs> so good. And then they're like, and Nate Ford. And he's like, oh, I've got plans for Nate. And he's like, no, Nate Ford right there in the, in, he's right, he's he's coming in. What's, because Nate bought a ticket. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? So Black Bull's like, you know what? Let him in because he'll get in even more trouble if we can catch him in the act. He told us he was going to do it. And then if we catch him in the act, it's that'll double his prison time. Meanwhile, Sterling is still trying to figure out why Maggie spoke with Lloyd. Like he saw her pass something off uh, with with Parker and he's trying to figure it out. Uh, so he's kind of interrogating Lloyd. No, I didn't do anything. I just, I moved a mummy. So they go <laughs> investigate the mummy and he thinks somebody's inside the sarcophagus. I mean, someone is, but it's the mummy. that's pretty great and then the alarm goes off so i think my third time watching this i was finally like what sets the alarm off is it the dust from i assume the mummy dust that came off the mummy triggered the um like a change in air quality okay 
Okay. Um, Which point, maybe it's disturbing the airflow to the Davids and whatever, yeah. Because it's right underneath. Okay, okay. And then that makes the smoke activate. Which, they talked about the smoke and how they had that at the beginning, and I never pay attention to it. So that smoke's supposed to happen in there, right? I don't, I don't know. I think it is. I think it looks like that's what it's beautiful. It's mesmerizing watching that smoke fill up that glass case. I can watch that all day. It's like an ASMR I video. Just felt that it was very like Thomas Crown Affair mm-hmm. with all the fake statues. And yes. It's a nod to the Thomas Crown Affair, actually. To their advantage, like very Thomas Crown Affair. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, one of the sexiest movies I've ever seen. Like, that movie is. Like, Rose Brosnan were smolder throughout the whole film yes that's a great movie oh yeah we should do an episode about that movie <laughs> um yeah. i think that like in between seasons we should do like a heist movie and the thomas crown affair has to be in mid evacuation and everyone notices that there are tons of statues that they've just been put all in all their bags because that's what i do when i'm evacuating a building because of a dangerous smoke has been emitted somewhere is like I go to the coat check and get my backpack but okay so you get get your free David souvenir yes yes you know they've all evacuated the building and Sterling realizes that they wanted to get everyone out of the building but now the doors are locked and they can't get in and Nate has gone up to the roof and is rappelling down the skylight um, and having a ton of fun doing it he's just like got this grin on his face like we've never seen him so happy and the whole crew like, wait a minute it's, it's kind of lucky that he made it down before the henchman got up there and cut his cord or like at, or at the end when parker and sophie were jumping like i guess we could say like sterling didn't necessarily want like want them killed i guess or else he, he probably would have just had them shot off the roof or like cut their cord too when they jumped off right so like well they didn't have any it, if they'd had like a knife on them, but they probably didn't have a knife on them. Yeah, true. Yeah, and well, he was almost down. Unhook it, right? Isn't it just hooked to something? They can't just unhook it. I don't. I've never bungee jumped a rappel, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, but it would have been it would have been moving really quickly, and they yeah. probably wouldn't have been able to uh, maneuver it in time. So my question here is, when Nate comes all the way down the skylight. The door is still open. Like the whole crew has come into the gallery and the door is still open. And then once they're all in there, then it shuts. Like everything shuts. Why did he have to go up to the roof? Because he was already down there on the first floor. So he had to like get in his gear, like run all the way up to the top floor and then come back down. Was it to get the the security up on the roof so they couldn't get back in? Maybe, or maybe just because it's Nate Ford and he te- he can be theatrical. Yeah, Nate's got to be extra. I think it has to be that he had to get them out of the building, and maybe they couldn't get back yeah. in once they were That's up on the, the roof. Distraction point. Um, yeah, because he says later I'm the bait, so he wanted them focused on him. Mm-hmm. So, so that's like you said when his tendency to be extra comes in handy oh okay wait when he 
opens the skylight, that's going to activate all of those doors to shut. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah, so he had to go in through that way. And then once he broke into the museum, that would activate all of the um, the, the fail-safes to, like, close down that, that, that vault. Okay. And then once they're in there, they're locked in, they can get to work. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Thank you for walking through that with me. Uh, it was a whole journey. I watched the episode three times and I had to talk about it to figure it out. And they look, and the, they have such a look of satisfaction. Like, all right, people, like we're in the home stretch now. It's go time. Let's do this. Yes. This is the fun stuff. Let's go. Yeah. Good. So when the doors finally open, they, they get back in there. Nate is standing dramatically lit in front of the two Davids, just leaning back against them. And um, he kind of taunts Blackpool and says, you weren't, you were meant to catch me. I wasn't the mastermind. I was the bait. <laughs> um, and then the lights all come back on and all of the other paintings in the room are gone. And the day. That's hey, I love a bit of misdirection. The day. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, because he says like at the beginning, he's like, I'm gonna rob the two Davids exhibit. He doesn't say I'm gonna steal the two Davids. And like, you can totally feel all of Blackpool's like anxiety and terror when he's like, no, like where are they? Oh, bring them back, like. I was, I felt ill, like physically, like every time I felt ill because all of the, and all of the paintings in there were insured by IYS. And then Maggie does this like rundown of like Caravaggio's, Van Eyck's, uh, Vermeer's, all these things. It's just like, it's $150 million they were insured for, which is astronomical. And, and, and I'm, no, don't call the cops. I'm responsible. I'm responsible. Yeah. And, and like, go ahead. Call the popo. Call the popo. Mm -hmm. Bring it on. Let's go. Um, and then Blackpool pulls a gun <laughs> and Sterling clears the room. He's like, get out. Everyone get out. And then Nate from here on just like ignores Blackpool and is just addressing Sterling. And he says, you know, all the paintings will be returned as soon as Blackpool is removed from the company. Um, and the practice of denying claims like this is stopped. And Which Sterling is such an history that he's like, he thinks like he considers Blackpool like a non-entity. Like, this is you and me, Sterling. We're going to work this out. Yeah. Here's my, here, here are my terms. Yeah, you're not worth my time. You know, you're not important <laughs> anymore. Um, and... And Sterling's like, oh, extortion. <laughs> and he's like, it's not extortion, it's oversight. Uh, Picking up where the law leaves off. Yeah. And then, you know, he says, oh, you know, you can't let emotions, you know, cloud your judgment. You have to be there for your share. You have to think of your shareholders. And they're, you know. What he's whining pitifully, but it's my company. And that's gets such relish in throwing his words back in his face. Yes. Ugh. And then he like runs over to Maggie. Like Maggie, he's like, Maggie, you're like, what? And so she punches him, which is amazing. And she punches his lights out like he is down, which Nate didn't do. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. She's like, oh, screw therapy. That was great. 
<laughs> that was more probably more cathartic than ten sessions of therapy. Yes. Yes. Um, and then you get the great line from Sterling, like, you know your entire plan depended on me being a self-centered, utter bastard. And he's like, you know, you didn't disappoint me, man. That, yeah, what a stretch. And then poor Dr. Lloyd is still sneezing. Still and then and 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 it certainly just acknowledges the hit like touche you got yeah. me yeah <laughs> he's not beat but this was a tie yeah and then we got uh nate and maggie sitting in the gallery on one of the benches and you know they're having this conversation and she says you know will you stop now and he says i don't know i don't know if i'll stop and then they get the all clear that blackpool's out and they open up the bench they're sitting on and you look down into the basement below, which is behind the sarcophagus, not inside the sarcophagus. Um, and interesting and they, that like, and he's like, I'll call you when it's done. Like he still trusts me to hold up his end of the bargain. Yeah. It's like, I think like, this is why I threw the YYS face. He's a bastard, but he keeps his word. Like is it, the, the way he says it, he's like, He's not even worried. He's, he's he's not like, I have a plan A, B, and C. If you try to screw me, he's like he knows it's it's done. It's it's mm -hmm. done. All you need to just do his part, and Nate is gonna do his. Like yeah, he's not like Nate's an honest man. Honest. Nate's an yeah. honest man. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so they're gonna put the artwork on the loading dock, so it would look like somebody had brought it back and dropped it off, <laughs> which is great. It had never left the premises. <laughs> so good. Um. <laughs> Yeah. And then Maggie says, you know, you're not the man I married. I don't I don't love this man that you are, but I might like him a little more, which is really sweet. <laughs> and then oh. now we can answer my question from the beginning because we get the last scene at the airport. And it's the, the classic 360 and they're all kind of saying their different things. Um, mm. And the only one that's weird for me is Parker. She just says, I'm going somewhere else, which because she's Parker, a non sequitur is not weird, but it's weird because then the next, the thing that Hardison says to her is like, where are you going to go? <laughs> she's going somewhere else. She already told you. Um, but it's, it's like, she's dropping the challenge. Like she's yeah, challenging. She says, yeah, let's see how, see how hard you, how hard you look. See how well, see if you can find me, you know? Yeah. And Nate says, uh, we made a difference. Remember that. And I'm like, mm. and you turn around and like, Sophie's like literally has a tear and like everybody else is kind of, and Hardison's crying and Elliot looks like very distressed. Like he does not look happy. And then you get that last shot of, they all start to walk away and they all stop at the same time. And you get that last shot of Nate and he like takes a breath and then it's, black screen you're like ah, no come back <laughs> but i also oh, no no like no spoilers but i also feel like it's interesting like to the whole part of the main themes of it is like identity like nate's identity and the way he was struggling with it he's trying to figure himself out at the end of the season he's still trying to like 
think of himself as an honest man. But by the end of season two, like he he's come to terms with who he is for better or for worse. Like no spoilers, but you know, like you said, the fact that he sternly considers him an honest man, and he maybe at this point he considers himself an honest man who who got who's getting caught up with some bad people because he's an honest man, but he's but he's screwed up and he doesn't deserve to be among the good people or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So. And by the end of season two, all that has changed. Yeah. Ooh, I can't wait for season two. So what did you think of season one overall? <laughs> As if we all haven't seen them before and loved them enough to talk about it. <laughs> um, it's a reliable show. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good, right? I like it. Yeah. I guess it's what I say. The only thing is I wish they had aired and aired it in the order that the that John and Dean and Chris Downey wanted them to order. Yeah. Air in order, like the continuity and the characterization and the whole family aspect would probably be a lot more smooth that way because the way they decided to mix up the order kind of screwed that up a little bit. But other than that, like... It does. I just but you can, like, the whole... Yeah. yeah. You can watch it like- if you get the... If you get the um, the DVDs, you can watch them in, in the correct order that way. Which is, it is honestly really good because you have, uh, it's the 12-step job right before the, no. It's the 12-step job and then the, no, I forgot. I just looked at it. No, yeah, I think it's the 12-step job and then this one. I, you know, I like, they love the inside nerd references and like the nod to, to the pulp genre and the film, like even a little bit of the film noir thing of how evil the world is and just... They had fun with they have most of all you're having fun with it and i think that's what attracted us they're having these folks are having fun yeah you know the actors the writers it's it's like a really i don't know it's a it's light-hearted but it's also this kind of important commentary on our world and i, I think i've talked about it before but just like the kind of that gives you that like cathartic ability to take down the, the worst people uh, in ways that we can't in real life kind of gives you um, yeah I think like they were saying even like the costume and the crew get excited oh like <laughs> oh what world are we in are we doing today oh you know we're in a rehab facility today or the two houses that we're doing horses or or we're doing the Italian mob today or we're doing like the first episode I've recorded with you, we're in some old, like, we're doing the Western today. Yes, or, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's different every episode, and it's fun and difficult and a challenge, and it's always fun to see where they're going to go. And, and watch them grow as a found family, which is also yeah. a really big draw. Yeah. Okay, let me talk about a book really quick, and do you have any books you want to talk about? Um, have you talked about the Varian Green book yet? No, I haven't. <laughs> if you want to, go for it. Um, oh, the Varian Green book is, is The Great Green Heist. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's middle grade, um, so the stakes are, you know, a little lower, but <laughs> some days that's what you need. You need something where detention is the biggest. <laughs> the biggest. <laughs> the red. Yeah. Um, and it's really enjoyable and fun and there is a sequel out now which I have not read yet but I'm sure that one's great too yeah that one's really cool I read um, 
to go with the theme of this episode, um, a nonfiction book called The Art of the Con, The Most Notorious Fakes, uh, Frauds, and... Um, Sorry, the most notorious fakes, frauds, and forgeries in the art world. So it's by Ooh. Anthony M. Amore, and it is—it's a lot. People are crazy, and will do crazy things to sell forgeries and um, and fakes and things like that. I was hoping it'd be more about like, uh, well, I guess I mean it's in the title. It, it wasn't going to, be, but I wanted more like heist i wanted like people robbing things but these are just like people um passing you know forgeries off as the real thing and uh taking advantage of people and so some of it was really sad um but also it was kind of fascinating because people would get caught but they couldn't stop themselves which i thought fit in really well with this episode um not just like you know forging art but um being unable to stop doing this horrible thing. Like they were addicted to conning people into like, buying fake Picassos and stuff like that. Like they can't, like just like Sophie, just like Nate, like they're addicted and they cannot stop. Like Oliver, it's like Neil just can't help himself. He it's, just sees this opportunity and he's impulsive and he just needs to seize it. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. <sighs> that blows my mind. But yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I read it all like pretty fast. So I'm just like, oh, why is everybody horrible? I don't ever want to buy art. <laughs> it was good. Okay. So um, I am going to talk about um, Julie James's uh, A Lot Like Love. It's the second book in the U.S. Um, Attorneys and FBI um, series. It's set in Chicago. And um, it's the second book. And it's FBI agent um, and a billionaire heiress who owns a wine shop um who and her brother um the, aka the twitter terrorist is in jail what? the twitter terrorist okay that happened in the first i'm one. not gonna spoil okay. it but yeah okay. twitter terrorist okay and um they just um and he she strikes a deal with the fbi um to get her set brother sentence like shortened and get him released uh, because she she's this billionaire heiress like she has this wine shop so she's in these she walks like she moves in the circles pretty high circles in chicago society so they want an end to this event of this guy they're like a target who is a, um, a person of interest so they use her um to get in and then things kind of go on from there and then she and this fbi agent have to pretend to be in a relationship and, and sell the whole thing so there's a bit of a con and so she's conflicting like how well she's acting and fooling how she feels about fooling her friends and like they have to pretend to be in this relationship and then there's this you know they go to napa for a wine weekend because <laughs> she's taking the wine and it's fabulous all right that sounds awesome <laughs> okay Okay, well, thank y'all so much for suffering through this, all of these technical difficulties. Uh, one day we'll all get our acts together and the weather will not uh, be angry with us. Zeus will not take it out on my power. But yeah, but thank you so much. Uh, will you, will y'all remind us where we can find you on Twitter? Lisa, um, what's your Twitter handle? one on Twitter, come find me. All right, Tara. I'm at Tara TLK 
So T-A-R-A-T-L-K. All right. And I'm at Librarian Stee. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you won't see us again, but you'll hear us again, hopefully in um, two weeks with a review of Oceans 8. And then after that, it'll be on to season two of Leverage.